And you are on Night Talk Bertha with you right up until uh, 12 midnight. And uh, my next guest is Professor Eric Atmore, Director of the Centre for Early Childhood Development. And like I highlighted earlier on, that 496 million rand uh, was allocated for the Early Childhood Development Centres to mitigate effects of COVID-19. So the centres were invited to apply for a once-off payment of up to 4,186 rand. And uh, per staff member. But, yes, there's a but. Many ECD centers uh, or center owners complained that the application process was cumbersome and some have never received funding. So the question is that to date, what has happened? That's a big question. But anyway, uh, let me speak to, let me, you know, introduce our guest, Professor Eric Atmo, Director of Center for El, um, Early Childhood Development uh, Online. Good evening and a warm welcome to Night Talk. Evening, Bertha, and good evening to all your listeners. That is a big sum of money, 496 million rand. Uh, it is. And, you know, that amount was handed down by the National Department to be spent on providing partial, a partial subsidy for ECD teachers. The system that was set up was set up very, very late, and it was very complex and complicated, and it kept changing. So if there are early childhood development centers that were confused, they were not the ones confused. It was the department that confused by changing the regulations and the requirements, um, not on a daily basis, but certainly every single month. And um, we still have not received any clarity on which provinces received how much and which ECD centers received how much and what the actual amount paid over these ECD teachers who deserved the salary supplement and salary support. So the early childhood development sector is as much in the dark as what you are. This is basically mismanagement of funds, if you were to ask me. But I mean, as you're talking about the challenges, I would like to believe there were serious effects or a snowball effect of these funds not being allocated. Um, would you like to highlight some of them? That the, you know... yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. The, the, the biggest um, uh, defect for us would have been that not all centres qualified. The criteria for which centres qualified changed and they changed regularly. regularly. The amount that was going to be paid over changed and it changed regularly. So it really could have been handled much more uh, efficiently. Um, we've, we've got our criticisms of how it was handled in the nine provinces, but it certainly, yes, the, the money did eventually trickle down to young children and to the teachers, but it could have been done on a much more effective way. And even the amount of 496 million rand, it may sound a lot, but when you consider that there are more than 180,000 children in an early childhood development center, it then becomes 
a very, very small amount. Mm. I mean, looking at, you know, some of the effects, learning materials, resources, classroom settings, that you know, th- those are just basic needs. Yes, look, the, the money was originally specified for salary support, meaning that in instances where children were not coming to an ECD center and their parents were therefore not paying fees, that government would support the, the salaries of the ECD teachers. But you, you, are, you are quite right. Um, the, the second biggest expense in most early childhood development centers is food. And we know that during COVID, food was critically important. Then there's all the learning materials, the consumables, the paints and the crayons and the glue and the paper. So whilst the amount, 496 million, sounds a lot, when you look at the number number of teachers and the number of children that were to benefit, it is very, very, very little. Government could easily have quadrupled that amount, paid four times more. And even then, it would only have reached or it would only have been sufficient to, for, for, for teachers to barely survive. Mm. I like, you know, there's a, a little, um, basically, clip, not a clip per se, but someone sent a message, um, I think, on, on, on mm. Twitter saying, a big thank you to Andrew Hudson and Thirsty, uh, um, well, Thirsty, who delivered much-needed water for Hammanskral ECD relief distributed mm. by Gift of the Givers. Welcome relief to 80 of our ECD centers. I mean, just water is a basic, it's basic, it's the most basic, basic thing. And I don't know, maybe I should be asking this question, Professor, that, what is it that you would like to see done? I think the first thing is, you know, government has drawn up a fairly good ECD policy, but it is not being implemented. If you if you look at the requirements of the policy and if you look at what the policy promises, it promises children the opportunity to learn. It promises young children food whilst they're at the Early Childhood Development Center. It promises good quality health care. But these are not being delivered. We've still got Early Childhood Development Centers that operate in wood and iron structures uh, where there's no equipment, where the teachers are not paid. And all we're asking for is Implement the policy that you've told us is the policy of government. And it's going to take at least 10 years. The the backlog and the deficit is so great that it's going to take at least 10 years to get anywhere near what we should be offering our young children. And then then we read in the press that something like 81% of children cannot read for meaning Mm. in grade grade four. Then we ask the question, why? That's not a grade four problem. That is an early childhood development problem. Those young children are not entering school, ready for school, ready to learn, full stomachs. They haven't got the materials with which they have to work. So, you know, we, 
it's it's obvious that we would feel the effect by about grade four, and we're seeing it with 81% of our children not being able to read for meaning or understanding in grade four. Mm. It, I'm, I'm really a little bit puzzled, though, uh, Professor. I'm just going to, to just take a, a, a slight, um, you know, different look to, to, to our conversation because I've seen, and please clarify for me, I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you know, the early childhood development centers uh, mushroom. Uh, is there accountability as to how many and the and do you need, uh, you know, an accreditation of sorts? <coughs> for you to be, you know, to, to be running uh, such uh, learning centers? And if so, how does it work? Okay, how it works is that there is legislation, namely the Children's Act, which says what the minimum requirements are. But we, we live in a country where there is so much poverty, and the poverty is so widespread that more than half of our early childhood development centers cannot even reach the fairly modest um, accreditation requirements. So, yes, early childhood development centers do mushroom. Often, uh, mostly women in communities see it as a, as a form of income generation, which in itself is not, is not a bad thing because their children need those early learning opportunities. But government is not coming with the support that is needed. The subsidy that the children get per child, if they get it, is incredibly low and is totally inadequate. And the sector would shout loudly when it would say to government, that ECD subsidy needs to be at least trebled, if not quadrupled just to make the early childhood center financially viable so that children get a, a decent meal, that there's sufficient equipment and materials to use, and that the teachers are paid. You know, in, in many early childhood development centers, the teachers are not even paid. Or if they are paid, it's a few hundred rand per month. These are adult women who work eight 10, 12 hours a day caring for our young children and they go home with less than 800 rand at the end of the month. So the whole system needs to be rethought and much greater priority needs to be given to early childhood development. Mm. What really has changed? Because it's always important to look at a history and how things were done previously so that you can also have some form of, you know, um, understanding when you are formulating a, a new formula. What has changed that has led us to here? I know that there was COVID in between, which, you know, all of us, COVID disrupted a whole lot of things. But in the past, what could we adopt from the past that we can implement now to stabilize the situation? Is there anything like that? I think there are three main things that have changed. The one is that our early childhood development centers are no longer race-based. You will recall that pre-94, um, children were classified or they were allocated to early childhood development centers on the basis of their race. And 
there was no mixing. That is now gone. And, and race is not an element in um, which ECD centers children can attend, other than in the geographic area where those children live. So that's the one, that's the one positive, that most early childhood development centers now <clears throat> are, are non-racial. The second is that there is a far greater awareness of the importance of early childhood development. You know, before it was seen as a program or facility for children of the wealthy or children of um, parents who are able to afford it. There's now a much greater awareness that what happens in those preschool years before the child turns six is so critical. And the third is that there's now legislation and policy which, which our government has brought into, into place. And the legislation is there. The policies are there. And the policies are noble and they are good policies. They are just not being implemented. There isn't, there isn't a drive from national education which admittedly has only been responsible for ECD for the past year and a few months. But there isn't the political will and the political drive. And it has to come from the president. It, it's fine if the Minister of Education speaks, but the president has to drive it. The country in the world where there's been the most success has been Chile. And in Chile, the president at the time who happened to be a woman, drove early childhood development with the result that both the quantity and the quality improved. So we have to get far greater political drive to make early childhood development a core program of government because we'll see the, the benefits down the line. We won't only have 19% of children able to read and write for meaning. We won't have such a poor metric set of results mm. each year. And it has to be driven at the highest level. Mm. And just to let our listeners, uh, you know, um, join the conversation, what's on your mind? What's your take on, on the subject matter that we're talking about? Of course, I mean, the core issue here is uh, early childhood development centers um, trying to survive uh, after COVID, a lot of us went through a very, very difficult time financially and uh, everything literally has changed. And I think our mindset uh, to some degree also has to change. Maybe in your area, uh, there are crashes. I would call them crash because, I mean, that's what we, you know, we normally just easily refer them to. Uh, that's the word we use, although they are early childhood development centers. What's your take? What do you think? What's happening in your specific areas? Um, when you take your child to these early childhood development centers, are you satisfied? And if not, if you feel the government needs to, to, to play a big role, what role would you like to see the government play? And in terms of allocation of funds, maybe you have some form of a solution to what we are faced with. What do you think could be your solution? I don't know. This is a conversation, an open conversation for all of us to engage on. I mean, we all have children, grandchildren. We're all uh, caregivers at some point, And we caregive, uh, you know, to young children that are two, five, uh, three, 
and sometimes you struggle to find a place where you can just leave your child where they are safe and they learn and they mature and, you know, just just get good foundation, basically. Join the conversation. And uh, at the present moment, I do have my guest, Professor Eric Atmo, Director for the Center uh, for Early Childhood Development. So, Prof, um, I, I also want to, to, to come back to you with the issue of um, previously there used to be you know, like registered centers. So as an example, you used to find community centers everywhere. And I've noticed, this is just an observation from me, and I stand to be corrected. I have found that most of those centers now have become derelict. And I would have liked to believe maybe they were easier to manage <clears throat> because, you know, um, they, they, were, they were specific and they were created by the state so the state could account for. Unlike now, when you know, when I spoke about the mushrooming of um, uh, different centers everywhere, even in the neighborhood, you'll have like five crashes along one street. Is that Could that yeah. not be the issue, the problem too? Uh, Bertha, yes, if, uh, that could be part of the problem. Any early childhood development center, before it is allowed to operate, that means before it can take even the first child in, it has to be registered. What happens in this country, though, is that it is almost totally unregulated. Centers, in your words, mushroom, they spring up, and then they start the registration process. And after that process can take three years, four years, five years, particularly if there's no infrastructure, water, electricity, space, etc. So every single center, if, if I could give some advice to parents, when you approach a center, ask the center to show you a current and a currently legitimate registration certificate. If you get registered in this country, it's generally for five years. That means within five years, you get revisited to see if you maintain that standard. So every single center has to be registered. <clears throat> Alongside registration, the center is told how many children they are allowed to take. So it'll be 20 children or 30 or 50 or 100. It is quite legitimate. And I would imagine would be... Uh, expected of parents to ask the Early Childhood Development Center, please show me your registration certificate. Tell me how many children you are registered for and how many children do you actually have in the center? Because often what happens is a center is registered for 30 children or 80 children, but they take 120. And that is not desirable. It means those children don't have sufficient equipment, there's often not sufficient food, and there's not sufficient staff to do the activities with young children that is normally done in the center. So registration is a big problem. Um, you spoke about derelict early childhood centers. Yes, there are in, in some communities, but Part of the responsibility for making sure that the center is fit for young children is can be used 
as an educational institution or, or education institute, that responsibility lies with the governing body. And the governing body, in most instances, is made up of parents. But as you correctly say, registration is critical. Mm. Let's it, is, ju- it is really desirable. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to, to, to come back a bit, uh, you know, in just a few seconds, we're going to take a small break, uh, uh, Professor, and maybe just so that you can also clarify, you know, what is required for a centre to be registered, number one, and what is uh, teacher to, uh, you know, I mean, what is teacher to children ratio? Child and teacher, how many children should, you know, a, a, a classroom basically have. I think that I would like some clarification on that so that also whoever intends uh, to, op- to open an early childhood development center, they are really, really well um, acquainted to, to the requirements. Let's, small, let's take a small, bre- uh, small break and we'll continue with our conversation. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And you are on Night Talk. It's uh, nine minutes just before 11. And I do have uh, Professor Eric Atmore, uh, Director of the Center for Early Childhood Development. And, well, we started off with a conversation of the funds, basically saying that, you know, there was money that was allocated. Uh, We're talking about 496 million rand here, which was allocated for the program for early childhood development centers. But it just became a bit of a tedious process uh, for some of these early learning centers. Uh, to receive funding uh, for some strange reason. But at the same time, we are looking at both sides of the coin where we are also, as as citizens, uh, are responsible for certain actions as to say, okay, so here we are. If we are going to, you know, just create centers that are not properly registered and not properly acknowledged, then how do you then get funding? And if it is that you want to be an acknowledged center, for you to be accredited, what is the process? And uh, Professor Eric Atmo is on the line to just give me some of those insights. So, Professor, we're talking about the, you know, the ratio of a child-teacher ratio in, you know, in any uh, learning learning center. Uh, Bertha, um, the the ratio of adults to young children is largely dependent on the activities that are done with with children. But broadly speaking, if it's a very small baby, let's say under the age of six, then a ratio of one to three to one to six is is permissible. As those children get older, they they early toddlers, let's say they're 18 months to about two and a half years, the ratio is roughly one to 10. As those children get older, two years old turning three the ratio is around about one to 15 and then from three years and older the ratio of one to 20 now those are the minimum ratios Uh, every early childhood center should try to do better than that so for example if you have 23 year olds then you should have at least two trained and competent uh, young people or adults working with those those children. So there are designated and regulated ratios for, for the different age groups. You also asked about the requirements. Yes. I think at, at an absolute minimum, 
every early childhood development center should have sufficient space for young children. That means indoors and outdoors. And the space requirements are generally 1.5 square meters per child indoors and about two square meters per child outdoors. But again, those are minimum space requirements. Teachers must be trained. I think that's one of the biggest weaknesses in our early childhood development system, and that is that our teachers are not appropriately and adequately trained. And they must be trained for the age group for which they are going to be working. So if you're going to be working with children aged four to five, you must be trained and know which activities to provide for children of that age group. I think every single early childhood development center has to have adequate, correct, and sufficient educational equipment and materials. So by educational equipment, we mean tricycles, we mean uh, drawing boards, we mean puzzles and jigsaws, jigsaw puzzles. Uh, we mean those, that sort of educational equipment that young children use to develop their cognitive abilities. But then also the, the materials such as paints, crayons, paint brushes, paper, <clears throat> the, the, the disposables, which they will then take home and proudly show to their parents. There needs to be a daily routine, and each age group would have their own different routine. There needs to be a daily main meal, and then snacks in the morning and snacks in the afternoon. And then the, the, the facility has to be safe for young children. So children must not be allowed to get outside the premises without um, being seen by an adult, <clears throat> whilst inside the facility, they need to be safe and protected. These are all written up clearly in the policies and in the guidelines for early childhood development centers. Mm. And um, our lines are opened. Uh, our WhatsApp line is opened where you can leave a voice note. Your thoughts, it could be uh, something that is totally different from what we're discussing at the moment. And of course, our lines, we have an open line on the other side of um, um, 11. That's 0614104107. What is on your mind? But in the meantime, um, I am uh, speaking to Professor Eric Atmo, Director of the Centre for Early Childhood Development, and I do have a caller online. Let's take a caller online. Good evening. Hello. Yes. Good Hello. E good evening. Yes. Go ahead. Yes. You know that South Africa is very good with policies, and uh, we are talking about what is expected in terms of black and white. And we know that in terms of resources, you know, when it comes to squandering them, like you said, a lot of money that was allocated for during COVID. We could not even know and trace where it has gone to. But the issue is, what do we do with the little that we have? No, what is written in a paper is very nice, but resources are not going to be enough in South Africa. We know that. People are striking every day, protest. So with the little that we have. You know, I was even worried when they say people in grade four cannot read for meaningful one. 
And I was saying, maybe we should reach a stage where we should have grade R two years in advance so that we prepare our children. And sometimes I work in an environment where we are doing mathematics and science. You invite students at a higher level when they are applying for bursary. Their math and science will be very good, but their comprehension in English, very poor. And sometimes you don't know what to do because the best student will be left behind and we need math and science. So sometimes we need to say, with the little that we have, Zimbabwe has done a very good work. They did not wait, wait until they have money to improve their education. Today, if you go to Zimbabwe in rural areas, you don't need an interpreter because even old people can speak English well. They can orate very well. So what do we do? This mushrooming, we cannot even regulate the colleges in the cities and towns. How do we expect the government to then regulate these ECDs that are everywhere in the rural areas and the township? It's a very sad story. Mm. But somebody, we need political will. Golen Polokwane, thank you so much for that insight. That is absolutely, that is so, so true. And I am just sitting, I'm, well, not sitting, I'm standing. I like doing my show starting. Uh, Professor, if it's okay with you, I just want to keep you for just a few more minutes because I just have a few questions and maybe you can also help to just unpack some of these things if that is fine with you, um, where we can continue the conversation just after the news. Uh, that's totally fine by me. You take your news. And Bertha will speak after the news. Fantastic stuff. It is uh, going for um, um, 11 o'clock. And when we get back, I will continue with the professor for a little bit. But also, just to make sure that uh, you are part of the conversation. And let's have a discussion. You could be, you know, sitting with, you know, a different issue altogether when, uh, you know, our professor is uh, left the, the platform. We can have that uh, particular conversation or discussion on 0614104107. What is on your mind? And also... Also remember, 086-000-2032. That's our other line that is opened. Um, let's go to the news and we'll be back. Night Talk, giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter. Monday to Thursdays, 10 p.m. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. Thanks uh, to Madupi. And of course, the news team will be back tomorrow. But we continue with our conversation uh, right up until uh, 12 midnight. And I have been chatting to Professor Eric Atmo, Director of the Center for Early Childhood Development, and just basically trying to understand um, our, you know, what struck the conversation was, uh, you know, the 496 million rand uh, that was meant to have been dispatched and basically to support early childhood development centers, um, you know, during, well, not even during COVID. I mean, just to alleviate uh, some of the hardships that uh, the early uh, centers were going through after going through COVID. And um, since, I mean, look, 4,100 rand per staff member was, you know, the amount that was expected. But then it just also just opened um, another, I would like to call it a can of worms, where we also have to look at both sides of the coin to say what has really transpired. Okay, there are policies. The government is supposed to do certain things and make sure that all the processes and systems are functional. But at the same time, we found that there's just this rampant, um, you know, opening of these early centers. Maybe uh, the government has just lost count. What is it exactly? And I like the last caller who said, what can we do 
as citizens, despite the fact that they are policies that look beautiful on paper, but come uh, practicality, it's a totally different story. Professor, thank you so much uh, for staying online. Um, and um, I wanted to find out from you. So what was going through my mind before we went to the news is also, you know, that, you know, we're talking about these early learning centers that open up and then they have these charges per child or fees per child that are just so exorbitant. Yes, it's a challenge, but at the same time, it could be maybe because the government is not exactly stepping up. What could be, what can we do here? Look, the fees at an early childhood development center are normally decided by the owner or the principal. And most often her fee will be the same fee as at other early childhood centers in the same community. I think, you know, running an early childhood development center is expensive. If you, if you consider the salary that need to be paid to teachers, the price and the cost of food, of educational equipment, these are all very expensive. But again, you know, if a parent was going to go into an early childhood center with the intention of enrolling their child, it's that parent's right to ask, what are the fees? How are the fees made up? How do you justify your fees? But not a, not sufficient parents do that. Parents generally adopt or accept the first fee that they are told. And I would say to parents, ask the principal or the owner to justify why they're charging 400, 500, 600 rand a month. But another element is that sometimes the early childhood center is open from seven in the morning till six at night. Now that's a uh, 11 hour day. Those are long hours and staff have to be paid. So parents have the right and also the responsibility to ask the owner how do you get to that figure of 400 rand or 600 rand per child per month? And then it's up to the parent to decide, do I enroll my child at the center or not? Mm. Um, I think let me take uh, one voice note. I think I've got a couple of voice notes, but let me take one so that also I can relieve you. I know that I've uh, taken much of your time and that's, uh, uh, that's really, really appreciated. Let's take one voice note. Let's be frank, if the government cannot monitor the colleges that are just mushrooming around the country, colleges where they are happening in the cities and towns, which are countable in terms of numbers, how then do we expect the same government to account for ECDs, which are in the rural areas mostly, deep down everywhere, townships and far from town, which are multiple thousands and thousands, then we expect the government to monitor that when it cannot monitor the cow, the, 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 the colleges, unregistered colleges in towns and everywhere. Doctors who are opening surgeries, who cannot be accounted for, who are not even registered. Good evening, Sister and the SFM listeners. 
I just want to ask uh, your guest, what SCD uh, children, are they allowed, uh, according to their requirements, is it allowed for the ECD to also introduce art, like music, in their day-to-day -day learning as well? Something that uh, is not uh, normally uh, focused on, like uh, preparing them to go to the university and study human resources management and marketing. Music instruments, is it allowed? Okay, that's actually a very different um, issues altogether. Uh, I don't know whether you, you managed to hear that, uh, Professor? Uh, I heard the first one, but the second one was very poor quality. The, the caller is correct. It's very difficult to monitor the ECD centers. They, you know, South Africa is a vast landscape. It goes from north to south, Limpopo down to the Western Cape. It goes from east to west. And there are tens of thousands of ECD centers. And the provincial education departments do not have the staff to monitor. So the caller is dead right. Um, ECD centers have to re-register every five years. So... When you get your register, your registration, you are registered for five years, and in the fourth year, before the end of the five years, it is your legal requirement to re-register. Now, we know that many ECD centers do not register for the second time, and they just keep functioning. They just keep going. But the, the responsibility there is on government to follow up where there are systems in place that government has, where government can at any point indicate and tell parents which centers are registered and, and which aren't. Uh, the, the, the second voice note, I, did, I couldn't hear it at all. Okay. It, it was poor, poor quality. Yeah. He was asking, is it okay or is it allowed for, you know, um, early childhood development centers to teach uh, music? It could be, you know, to teach your, your children to play instruments or to, to be musical, which is actually, well, he thinks or he says, maybe out of what we know to be the norm of the curriculum uh, for, for, for early learning. I don't know whether it is out of the curriculum. Maybe you you may under, you may be able to you know to to break yeah, down for me. Music and movement is a critical part of the curriculum for young children. You know, young children love nothing more than to sing in a group or to sing by themselves. They want to hear those melodies and they want to hear those words. So music should be part of the program every single day. Whether it's formal training on an instrument, let's say the flute or the piano, that's a different story. Very few early childhood centers would have a trained and qualified musician who can teach piano or the flute or any other musical instrument. Those are most often done privately in communities where the parents 
would pay a teacher to teach the young child how to play the piano or a flute or a violin or a guitar. So um, every single program should have singing, music, and movement in it every single day of the week. Children love nothing more than moving to music. Mm. And, um, well, Professor, you know, it's been a pleasure chatting to you this evening. Just before I let you go, uh, coming back to how we got to this point or how we started our conversation, uh, going forward, for anyone who's listening, could be a parent or it could be somebody who has a center, uh, early childhood development center, uh, what sort of insightful information would you give away in terms of assisting? Maybe they want to find out more as to where they can go, who they can talk to. Um, Bertha, first of all, you've been great. Your questions have been excellent. They've been spot on and you've, you've supplemented and added to, to my voice. But for any parent who's listening, I would say if you take this number down on Monday morning or Tomorrow morning, which is Wednesday, call it is six eight three two four two zero on the code O two one. So it's Cape Town O two one six eight three two four two zero. And ask any one of my colleagues to help you with any query that you have around registration or around the daily program and what should happen at an early childhood development center. We'll be more than happy to help you. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Professor Eric um, Atmore, Director of the Center for Early Childhood Development. And thank you so much for giving us your time right here on SAFM. Um, Bertha, thank you for being such a great host. Have Bye. A Bye-bye. Good night. 18 minutes after 11. Our lines of communication are opened and, of course, we will be playing some of your voice notes that you've sent through. And maybe you have issues that you just would like uh, to share with us. Uh, look, let's open up this dialogue. Let's have a conversation, leading the conversation on SAFM on Night Talk. Uh, and make sure you can use our voice note line, which is 0614104107. That's 0614104107 or otherwise 086 triple zero two zero three two that's oh eight six triple zero two zero three two let's take a small break and then we'll get back to our voice notes <laughs> 